Hey, pop punk enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Punk Promo Podcast. My name is Sydney and I am the host of this incredible new podcast. If you're new here, I created this podcast with the intention to promote women in pop punk and small artists in the scene. To my recurring listeners, thank you again so incredibly much for your unwavering support throughout my entire journey. This is week number eight. I really cannot believe it. It's been two months that I've been nurturing this baby I call my podcast and I just am so incredibly grateful for all of the support you guys have been giving me. I am truly overwhelmed. Thank you so much. So when I started this podcast eight weeks ago, I made it with the intention that I would have virtually no listeners in the beginning and I was so incredibly wrong and I figured that I would just be promoting artists that I really liked or that I had an inspiration for and that I found interesting, which is all true. That is what I'm still doing. However, I did not expect the amount of artists that I would find so quickly or that would reach out to me personally and tell me they love what I'm doing for the scene and that they love the support I'm giving to women. And I have gotten quite a list of artists that have requested to be on the show. And It's overwhelming for sure, and I am so incredibly grateful. So with all of that in mind, I just wanted to let all of the musicians out here who are listening know that if you want your spot on the podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out as the spots are filling up very quickly. I already have artists booked throughout the remainder of December, and that will be the end of season one, by the way. I am releasing the podcast in seasons, and Each season will have 12 episodes, so when we come back from the new year, it will be a brand new season of Pop Punk Promo Podcast. So rambling aside, if you are a small musician in pop punk that really wants the promotion from my platform, please reach out to me as soon as possible so that I can confirm your spot on the list to be promoted. You can reach out to me via Instagram at Pop Punk Promo, or you can find me on TikTok at the same username. Or you can even find me on my email. It's poppunkpromo at gmail.com. A gentle reminder to all my musicians as well. I do have my Patreon active right now. And if you subscribe to the top level tier, it is designed specifically for musicians. And with that package, you get a few of your songs featured on my monthly playlists. And you get your songs featured on my Instagram story and other social media once to twice in the month that you subscribe. Basically, as long as you are subscribed to my pop punk powerhouse tier of my Patreon, you are guaranteed to get your music promoted on the platform a few times per month on my social media and on the playlist as well, regardless of if you are a featured artist or not. Like I said, with my podcast growing a little bit here in popularity, it is going to be harder to come by a featured artist position and wait time to be a featured artist will continue to get longer as the show progresses. So the Patreon is a very good option if you'd like your music to be promoted right away. You can find all the information about my Patreon on my website, poppunkpromo.com. Okay, pop punk enthusiasts, if you listened to my episode last week, you might remember that we were doing a giveaway for a red holiday sweater from the band Weathers. And we do have a winner to announce tonight. The winner of our giveaway is at Lonely Heartache. I think is how you're supposed to say it on Twitter. So if that's you, congratulations. You've just won yourself a cute little Weathers holiday sweater. So They also chose in the comments um, a featured artist that they would like to have featured and their artist they chose is Set It Off. So you can expect to see Set It Off featured as an artist in the upcoming weeks. I think I'll have them in season two because like I mentioned before, I already have a bunch of dates blocked off already for the rest of this season. So congratulations again at Lonely Heartache on Twitter. I will be reaching out to the winner via DM on Twitter so they will know that they've won the prize and all of that. So all that information will be DM'd to you shortly. Next here on Pop Punk Promo, we are going to talk about my Pop Punk News icebreaker topic. So this week, I'd like to talk about a band that is very near and dear to my heart. And if you know me, well, you know 
the band that I am about to say. And they are my favorite band. I love them dearly. They are water parks. And I know they're not small. I know that they don't necessarily need the promotion, but I do want to talk about their upcoming album that they have been teasing relentlessly to their fans online. Waterparks is currently on their fifth album cycle, and for the longest time, they have been naming this mystery album Parks 5 because it's the fifth one, and fans have been speculating for so long what the name of the album could possibly be. Now, for those of you that are not active Water Parks listeners or know any of the lore behind them, each of their albums, thus far anyway, has followed an alphabetical order. So their very first EP started with the letter A and it goes all the way through Greatest Hits was their most recent one. So that one ended on the letter G. Now, the super interesting thing about Greatest Hits is that it's two words, right? So it starts with G and then H and G and H do come sequentially after one another in the alphabet. So fans are speculating, well, is the next album going to be an H album or is it going to be an I album because it goes G then H alphabetically? You know, they were thinking maybe Austin would do something kind of strange here. So the theory has been going on for ages and our theories were confirmed to be correct. Last week, Waterparks announced the title of their new album. It's going to be called Intellectual Property. So this is very interesting because it confirms the GH theory and now it's the I album. However, it is an IP album and P does not come after I in the alphabet. So Austin's theory here is a little strange, I will admit, but I'm just very excited to have a new album coming out and I'm very excited. It's got a shorter track list than Greatest Hits had and we know all of the names of the songs as well, which is super exciting. The last song listed on intellectual property is titled A Night Out on Earth, which is exactly what Waterparks named their fall tour last fall. So you bet crazy fans like me were super stoked to find out that there was more hidden meaning behind this seemingly meaningless name for a tour because we had nothing to connect it to until now. So I'm really super stoked for these guys and to see what they do and They've got a couple of singles out already. They've got Fuck About It. They've got Self Sabotage and Funeral Gray was the very first one they released in this new album cycle. And they are all fucking phenomenal. So if you guys haven't listened to Waterparks, if you guys haven't listened to the new songs, I highly recommend it. And I'm very excited to see where this album era goes and what's to come for this brand new Waterparks era. All right, pop punk enthusiasts, it is time for your favorite part of this podcast. We are going to get into our featured artist of the week. So this week, I bring to you another singer-songwriter, and she is definitely very new to the industry, and she is so talented, and she's ready to just get fired up and on tour, and she just wants to play some shows for you guys, and she's so cool. I'm just going to introduce her to you. Her name is Hannah Duckworth. Hannah Duckworth is a singer-songwriter from Seattle, Washington. Her music can be described in a way that's like a blend of the early 2000s, pop punk, emo, and new age indie rock. And she kind of just combines grunge and pop music from the 90s and 2000s pop punk and indie, both of these musical eras which were greatly influenced on her growing up. I will be interviewing Hannah today so you guys will learn a little bit more about her and she actually has not been in music for very long. I think it's been under a year or so and we'll learn more about that in the interview. However, she did just release her debut single. It's called Stay Quiet. That came out on November 18th. So we will be talking pretty in depth about that today in the interview. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to Hannah Duckworth. Hey, Hannah, how are you doing today? Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Hey, everyone. I am Hannah Duckworth, and I'm an artist based in Seattle. It's so nice to meet you, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about, we know you're from Seattle, but like, is there anywhere else you come from? Like, where where did you grow up? And just kind of what's your background in that area? So I'm based in Seattle, Washington. I've been here going on seven years already. Um, before this, I lived in Nashville for five years. I went to college there and I originally grew up outside of Tampa, Florida. Nice. You've lived on both coasts, which is super cool. And then 
Nashville is super awesome too. I have never been there, but I really wish to go there sometime. Now, how long would you say you've been making your own music for? I have not been making my own music for that long. Um, It's generally very a, a sort of new and exciting thing I um I grew up writing songs and playing instruments um singing in choir when I was really young and playing piano I started teaching myself guitar when I was 13 when Fearless by Taylor Swift came out and I was obsessed with her acoustic version that somebody had ripped from a live performance and I was like I have to learn these four chords and so I started teaching myself guitar and consequently kind of writing lyrics, but I never really put much effort into writing lyrics and guitar together. Um, I would just write lyrics, write poems, and then continue to learn how to play instruments. And that really continued on for years. Um, I always kind of kept up this hobby of writing, writing in my phone, writing in notebooks. And it wasn't until I would say 2018, maybe I started really saying, okay, I'm going to start writing songs. And then 2020 came around and I started getting more serious about actually putting my lyrics to guitar and melody. And really in 2021, I started getting more serious about writing songs and just kind of built an arsenal of these songs that I kept like totally inside, didn't show anybody at all. Nobody knew that this was my hobby. It was totally private. And there came a time I just started really liking the songs that I was writing and it kind of filled this gap in the market for me. Um, Songs that I wanted to hear from artists or, you know, in my playlist that I just wasn't hearing. So I started putting more effort into it and started making my own music really just a couple of months ago. Um, And by making my own music, I mean recording it, um, producing it. Um, starting to think about recording, you know, an EP and a full album and even just performing in front of people. So it's very, very actually new in that sense. Wow, that's super interesting to learn about and to hear just kind of how private you made the whole songwriting process originally. Like, I'm definitely the type of person that likes to keep my projects very private as well. I'm a very self-conscious person, which maybe doesn't seem like it since I started my own podcast and I'm putting my ideas out there, but I really don't show anyone my ideas until I'm like sure that they're good, you know? So I think it's very interesting that you have the same kind of mindset as me. Um, But so you already kind of told us a little bit how you started, but I'd just like to dive a little deeper into that. Can you just tell us more in depth what was it like getting started in music for you and how did that kind of come to be sometime in the beginning of this year 2022 I had this song that I kind of put together pretty quickly and I liked it and I went to logic which I hate I hate logic (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we've got a logic hater over here it's literally what I use for my podcast but I get it. Everyone has their quirks about what da they like, but <laughs> it was so intimidating. But I went to Logic one day when I was home alone. Um, I live with my boyfriend, so I waited till he was out of the house. And I started recording this song and trying to experiment with um, distorted guitar. It was a very soft kind of acoustic song. But what I really wanted to hear is more grit and edge in pretty female singer-songwriter songs or you know, things that are indie leaning or maybe going towards pop punk. So I started experimenting with distortion and delay and just different stuff in Logic, like to the extent of my abilities um, at the time. And I put together this little demo. And then later, um, my boyfriend and I were going somewhere and I just started playing it in the car. (laughs) And he was like, what is this? And I was like, it's me. And he was like, no shit, really? Like, what? And um, I don't know. It was just so exciting. And so he was like, okay, let me see if I can make this better. He's like super into computers and has all the patience in the world for technology and tweaking and tedious tasks. And so it's kind of a match made in heaven um, for us. We we actually now are bandmates and perform together. And um, But it started really with this one 
recording. Um, from then, I started saying, okay, I'm going to put these songs, you know, that I'm writing kind of out there and see what we can do with them. And we started just experimenting uh, in Logic, but not really doing anything crazy. And then we went and enlisted help from our friend Matt in Nashville, who has much more experience recording and engineering than we do. And that's when we recorded Stay Quiet. And it was the first song that I ever had ready to record. Um, like all of Stay Quiet just came kind of really fast and really natural. Um, and so we, the three of us, uh, recorded it and put in all these crazy guitars and everything. We had our friend Josh program drums Um put it all together and that's really where it started nice oh my gosh yeah once again I I love that kind of secret of nature and the like sneaking it up on your boyfriend and being like oh my god it's me in the song like man that is so something I would do I fucking love that that's incredible um so what kind of inspired you to make your own music? You know, I feel like every musician has their muse. So what was kind of that inspiration for you? The inspiration for me to get started recording and creating my own music really came from this desire that I had or that I have to hear in music that maybe, you know, I haven't been hearing from what's being put out. Um, I am in like... I don't want to say old pop punk fan, but I mean, I've liked pop punk music for so long and my favorite bands still are like Taking Back Sunday, Fall Out Boy, like really old Fall Out Boy, Man Overboard, um, The Starting Line, Cartel. Uh, like I love that music. And I also like um, newer, newer female indie music, especially. And I always wanted to hear a kind of blend of this new elegant um, songwriting with that 2000s messiness and grit and poppiness and excite excitement. And so I just felt like this was my time to start experimenting to make that happen. Absolutely. There is no better time than now to start playing around with those indie vibes and mix them with pop punk. And you're seeing it so much more now than you ever did in past years. Like, Lolo was doing a bit of that. Maggie Lindemann is absolutely doing that. And a lot of the artists I've featured on here have tried to do similar vibes. And I really admire that quality in you guys that you're trying to bring new genres essentially into the industry, which is super fucking dope. Now, you've told us a bit about what inspires your kind of sense of music and the genre you're going for. But how would you describe your personal brand and how you express yourself through music and your personal image? Hmm, my personal brand. Um. I know, I know. This one seems to be the question that a lot of the people I interview struggle the most with. But I just think it's so important for the fans to just kind of understand who you are and who you want to be as an artist, you know? You know... <laughs> I think I constantly think of myself as this really aggressive and intense person and I'm constantly reminded that like I'm actually not um I'm I'm like pretty chill um I feel like even in this podcast my voice is like so chill and soothing no seriously like as soon as I heard you speak I was like whoa she's got the most chill voice I fucking love it it's such a great vibe I think, uh, so anyway, down to personal brand. Um, I think when I think about personal brand, I really want to be focused on this sense of performance and having a good time. Like I want the Hannah Duckworth name to be associated with a having fun, reliving memories, um, being uh, surrounded in nostalgia and just a really good performance. Like if you go to a Hannah Duckworth show or listen to one of my songs, you know that you're going to have a really fun time. And I think it's less for me, especially in the pop punk scene, less about being so adamant on the fact that I'm pop punk and I look this way and I am part of the revival. Um, and, you know, I'm like the emo. It was never a phase and sad girl. Like I'm not... I'm not like into that. 
Um, it's just not me. Um, I, I do believe it, it wasn't a phase because I, I actually never, I never left the phase. I actually have just like listened to this music forever. Um, but yeah, it's less about having this like classical pop punk image or, or this idea of what it should be and more about having a good time because it's all to me about the music and the performance and my brand is going to be is going to be surrounded like surrounding just high quality high quality experiences uh I love that so much like that's genuinely some of the reasons I love like my favorite artists so much because they just look like they're having a good time doing whatever it is they're doing if they're performing on stage if they're making music interacting with fans like it's just the best part of being a fan of an artist is knowing that they are having a good time doing what they're doing and in turn you're having a good time because you get to visualize that so like that's probably the coolest fucking personal brand that I ever could imagine for someone like that is so dope and I truly am so inspired by you and I admire you so much and I really believe that all of your fans that are to come, they are just going to see that shining star in you and see how much you truly enjoy this. And that's just something so incredibly special. Now, I'm going to ask you this question, and I think I already know the answer to it, but you're so new. So I'm just curious, do you have a record label that you're signed to or are you independent right now or what's kind of the story there? I'm currently not signed to a label. Um, Everything I do and make is made in my living room and sometimes bedroom and sometimes bedroom closet um mixed recorded engineered produced at home um yeah it's all a a self-running operation at the moment um but in the future i mean would love to be signed to a label i think (laughs) ditto sister ditto i literally do my podcast out of my bedroom so yeah, that is where I record this. It's in my messy as all hell bedroom. And it doesn't feel very professional when I'm sitting here, but apparently people enjoy what I'm doing. So like, yeah, that's extremely admirable. And I kind of figured that was your situation right now. And your single Stay Quiet sounds so fucking dope too. And I just am so amazed when I hear people like Billie Eilish and just, you know, artists of massive levels that just make shit in their bedrooms like that's so fucking crazy and like like you and so many of the other artists that I have interviewed they all do the same thing they make the music out of their bedrooms and it just sounds so fucking good so yeah that's something to be really proud of now the number one question that I love asking the women that I interview is how has being a woman in music affected your success and do you feel any pressure from society or the industry just for being a woman? Because obviously that's why I started this, because there is a lot of pressure on women. So like, how has that affected you and your success personally? Yeah. OK, so I think being a woman in music is I think that it's going to be weird for women in any genre. And I think that because it is it just has to be fact that male vocals are much less scrutinized than female. And men have been singing horribly, especially in rock for ages. Um, But women don't get that luxury. And it's always hard for women, I think, to break the surface, especially in any rock associated genre, because I do think the genre is just less welcoming to um, female songwriting, female vocal styles. Um, The radio airplay is less welcoming to females. And so I think that there's just some like inherent difficulties in being a woman in music. And in the pop punk genre, I do feel like it's a very male centric genre on the outside But I think that so many females are actually in the pop punk scene. And, you know, we have like Hayley Williams as a really good representation and then more up on the rise now. But forever, it's been Hayley Williams really holding it out at the top. And then Avril Lavigne has come in with moments of pop punk in the last like, I don't know what, 23 years or something. And so I think that that makes it a little bit harder for acceptance in the genre. 
But what I have found already is going back to my comments about vocals is that the expectations for women are so much higher. Um, I've gotten feedback on, you know, songs even like Stay Quiet. Oh, just the vocals aren't strong enough. Um, and you know what I mean? Like I that's the first song that I ever recorded, actually. And it was all at home and first time mixing like it. it yeah, it could be way better, but that's whatever. The point is, is that. I think you hear that kind of quality from guys all the time and don't think twice about it. And I think that that will be a continued uphill battle for all women in music, especially in rock genres, coming in and having like this expected perfection right off the bat. Um, something that I, that I really don't believe guys in the genre have to experience as much. Oh, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. And the vocals is something that I think all of us in the industry need to focus a lot more on because now I'm not trying to hate on Blink-182, okay, because they are, of course, an iconic pop punk band. But if you put them in the perspective of what you're saying here, like with perfected vocals for women and how you guys get so much more criticism for how you sound, like, I'm sorry, Tom DeLonge cannot sing very well. And he knows that. And it's been known for years that his singing voice is not that great, but it's iconic. And that's why they've become so famous. So it's just very interesting because if there was a woman in that same scenario, there is no way that if Blink-182 had a, a female lead singer, there would be no way that they would get to the same level of fame that they are now, which I think just proves your point totally. And yeah, I just really admire everything you're saying about this because it's all so incredibly true. And I think the industry just needs to lay off of so much of the harsh criticism towards women and just enjoy the music that they've got. And, you know, if they're going to put women to this, that standard, they need to put men to the same standard as well. You know, it's just it's just unfair. <laughs> but I could rant about this all day long and we would have a 24-hour podcast. So we're going to move on to the next question here. So I'm wondering how has TikTok affected your success and how have you used it to, you know, gain a larger platform? Oh my God, TikTok. Um, I have like nothing to say because I just made a TikTok and I don't have anything on it and I don't even look at TikTok. And I really, really, really know that I should and it's on my to-do list to start making TikToks um it, it it is I've just been focused on so many other things these past couple of months which is like so stupid it should be a part of my daily life or something I haven't yet mastered that where I'm like oh I'm gonna record everything later uh, or now so that later I can make a really cool TikTok out of all this footage like a month will go by and I'll be like oh I could have just been taking random video clips of everything for a long time and then make some TikToks um, for some reason that part of my brain hasn't clicked yet uh, but I'm excited to start getting on TikTok I think like yeah it what really scares me is the only times I've tried to make a TikTok I feel like it's crashed and it's just been so frustrating oh, just something I have to get over um but yeah expect TikToks from me in the near future <laughs> trust me I get it TikTok is a crazy monster of a platform and there is so much you can do with it and I've spent a decent amount of time on the app making content looking at content and I still do not understand how some of the people do the things they do on there. So I I understand, trust me, it's very intimidating. So go at it at your own pace because I even try to make TikToks consistently for the podcast and it just doesn't happen. It takes a lot of energy and I'm finishing up my college degree right now. So it's it's happening too for me. I'll get more content on there soon. So I, I empathize with you very much there. But Anyway, tell us about your brand new debut single, Stay Quiet. Tell us all about it. I want to know everything that there is to know about this brand new debut single that you've got. Stay Quiet. Um, 
I really love this song. I'm excited that it's out and that other people like it too. So what's funny is I started writing this song at a gas station. I was pumping gas and I thought of like the chorus lyrics just in, in a quick melody. And in my head, I was just like standing there watching, you know, the price go up or my tank um, fill up. And I'm like, but stopped and I was like "Ooh, I like this and I was like okay 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 gotta get back in the car so I get back in the car and I pull out my phone and I get on my notes app and I start writing down like blood loss bleeding out and then my heart stopped left me all alone to die and I was like oh this is gonna be a good one um and I sat there for I don't know like 30 seconds and and wrote um I think I actually wrote down like that whole chorus and uh drove home and then got on my guitar and figured out just what chords I wanted to use. And I started writing the rest of the song. And usually about nine times out of 10 for me, a good song or like a what I consider a good song that I'm writing happens when I write it in like three minutes. Good songs for me always just come out and then they're there and it's like I black out for you know five minutes and I come back to life and this song is in my phone and I'm like sweet (laughs) and so that happened with stay quiet I just kind of like literally blacked out for a minute and actually I wrote everything except the bridge and um then I got out my cool little device I have a spire studio it's um a little like interface uh, where you can record demos and like record without your laptop, without an interface, without a MIDI interface. You could even record without a microphone if you wanted because it has a mic on it, but it has two inputs, uh, one for XLR and then a normal input. And it actually connects to your phone in an app that's like super simple. So again, like no laptop, no DAW, you can start to record a demo super quick. Um, It has all these effects that you can use on your instrument or voice. And I recorded this little like lo-fi version of Stay Quiet and I was obsessed with it. I had so much distortion and this phone filter on my voice. And I was like, I have to keep this. This is like going to be my new thing, which later I decided to kind of go against that since it was really hard to reproduce and have it actually sound good, which I'm glad. But I recorded this little demo on my Spire and then sent it to my friend Josh, who is a drummer. And I had him put some drums to it, just program them. And we went through a couple iterations. Um, I really wanted to have this song be pop punk, heavily influenced from the mid 2000s. Um, Like that's like my favorite era of pop punk, like early mid 2000s. And at first, you know, drums are really, really important in pop punk music. Um, They really set the tone. Uh, Pop punk really is focused on beats and you have to have punk beats in in your music and so a couple of iterations that we were doing was like too rock not pop punk enough and we finally landed on like a really good drum track and I started I think I wrote I had already written the bridge I kind of wrote it like right after I made this demo and um so we had a drum track and then I wanted to go and record it with a friend and kind of like experience recording something just with somebody who's used to recording. Um, So I have a friend in Nashville, Matt, who records and engineers and has worked as an audio engineer for years. And he's also an insanely talented guitar player. So I went to his house and we recorded all of Stay Quiet, What You Hear Now there, uh, most of it. Um, I came home and I added a lot of harmonies, background vocals, um, additional guitar parts, bass. So I guess actually I lied, not all of it, but we recorded basically the skeleton of the song and then came home and added all of those things and then mixed it. And um, I will say like the overall process took a long time because it was a huge learning curve. I knew nothing about mixing or engineering or audio like at all I had no patience for logic I, I still hardly do but it took a while just because there was so much to learn and it was actually very fascinating and I totally recommend that if you are 
at home recording yourself or even thinking about it. It's worth learning from others, but also learning for yourself so that you can properly communicate what you want or want to do or hear to the others that are going to help you. Um, So I totally advocate for collaborating and I also totally advocate for learning the basics and ins and outs of audio on your own just so that you know what's going on um, as a side note. But yeah, so Stay Quiet really came together then and then we put a lot of finishing touches on it at home and finally released it. Going back to the inspiration for Stay Quiet, like sonically, I was really, really inspired by, like I said, that mid-2000s pop punk. As soon as I started writing this song, I was like, okay, this song is like a little aggressive and kind of ridiculous and dramatic. And I really like that. And it's just kind of funny to me, but the melody also like kicks ass. And so altogether, I just love it as a song. I think it's fun to dance to and I definitely wanted that like something that you would just want to like headbang to in your car while also being like yeah like having this attitude to it and and sometimes when I'm writing I like to get a little dramatic so that's kind of what happened in Stay Quiet and and lyrically I wanted to tell this story of someone who had been through this troublesome relationship that was you know up and down and bad and good and like that classic you know just troublesome relationship and then this odd predicament where you find yourself like not talking about those things you know kind of forgetting about them or like maybe feeling like the other person is kind of embarrassed so they kind of don't acknowledge the fact that they acted a certain way and uh that's where the lyrical inspiration came for stay quiet wow that was a lot of really good backstory for us thank you so much for giving us all of that insight into your writing your recording your just thought process behind this because obviously like you said this is like the first time you're really going through all of this and learning the ins and outs of audio and production and you know trying to make music for yourself and you don't have a lot of that extra background knowledge that some other people might and it's just super inspirational to hear the whole story so thank you so much for opening up to us about all of that it's really really cool to hear and I again I truly empathize with you about logic I know it's hard like I just acquired my recording arts certificate through the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire and I learned how to use logic in the studio and that's what I'm using for my podcast because I prefer it over most other DAWs. I find it the easiest one to use, so I'm not sure what your experience is like in other ones. But yeah, I I do empathize with you. I still don't even know even probably half of what Logic can do, so I understand the frustration there. But anyway, thanks again so much for all of that really cool insight. So my next question for you here is, what do you got for upcoming shows? Do you have anything planned or, you know, I'm you're so early in the process. So I'm just wondering, do you have any plans for some local shows at all? Yeah. So currently my upcoming live shows are local to Seattle. I have one on December 5th, actually, which is going to be super fun. It's at the Sunset in Ballard in Seattle. And then I'm also really excited about a show that has actually yet to be announced, but um, we'll talk about it here. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be February 24th at Barboza in Capitol Hill in Seattle, which is a really cool venue. And I met a lot of friends when I started getting into the music scene in Seattle, which was just um, like at the end of the summer. And there's so many talented females in the scene and like we all aren't performing together all the time. And I was like, well, I want to do a cool show with my new friends. So I put together a show called Seattle Girls Who Indie, um, made of like all independent female artists that are some vein, uh, somehow of indie music. And um, so that's going to be our first kind of show doing that on February 24th at Barboza in Seattle. Um, me and three other of my friends, uh, their names are Liv Victorino, Natalie Haynes, and Juliet, and they're all kick-ass, and I'm really excited for that show. And it it kind of makes me feel really, really happy because, uh, like, happy to say that because um, when I first moved to Seattle, I saw 
a show at Barboza and I was like, this venue is so cool. Um, it's a basement venue under a bigger venue in a really, uh, happening part of town. And I was like, you know, if I've ever played music, I would totally want to play here one day. And I was like, but no, that's totally like, that would never happen. And now that's going to happen. So don't quit on your dreams, even if they are small. (laughs) Oh my gosh, how fun. Oh, that sounds like such a great time. And good job to you. Like good for you for getting this together yourself and getting your friends together all of your super talented new besties just doing a show together that's so awesome and like I definitely have been in places like that too where there's a bunch of venues in Minneapolis where I'm like wow this would be so cool to like you know do something exciting here and like I haven't had a chance to do anything like that yet but like the fact that you're able to is so fucking dope and I'm so happy for you and you're gonna have to send me that list of all of your friends and get them connected to pop punk promo because I absolutely would love to invite them onto the show, interview them. And if you guys even want to do like a collaborative zoom or something, that would be so fun. Just let me know. Keep me updated how that show goes. I'm so excited about it. That's truly so fucking awesome. My next question for you here is what musicians have inspired you and the way that you write and make music? Okay, I've actually had to come up with like a methodical way to think about this question and answer it because I definitely feel at times that my musical inspiration is so scattered. But also what I realize is that it's so scattered deeply into very distinct buckets, which is kind of interesting. Um, So I feel like this will give you a bit of insight into what kind of music I like and what inspires me very well but okay so the way that I think about my musical inspiration um is is like this I have buckets and I think 40 percent of what makes up my musical inspiration is very like classic 2000s pop punk stuff that you know I was listening to in high school so we have like the Taking Back Sunday, the My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, Starting Line, All American Rejects, uh, Neck Deep is definitely in there, New Found Glory, All Time Low, Sum 41, like 40% of it is that, um, Yellow Card, like the list goes on and on and then we have 25% uh, specifically to Taylor Swift, Haley Williams slash Paramore, and Avril Lavigne, and those three deserve their own bucket. I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, oh my god, if she came out with a pop punk album, that would be amazing. But just lyrics, branding, geniusness, Taylor Swift, performance, energy, Haley Williams and Paramore and Avril Lavigne, like by far. Okay, and then the next 25% is girl indie like newer girl indie that I absolutely love so like Beach Bunny, Soccer Mommy, Phoebe Bridgers, um, Wolf Alice, uh, Pale Waves, Japanese House, Sydney Sprague, um, Pom Pom Squad like all of these kick-ass females that are making rocking indie music it's just there's so much to listen to there Um, I love it and I inspire I draw inspiration from it a lot and a lot of my desire to make music goes back to like me wanting to hear a little bit more punk beats or distorted guitars or grittiness from that style of music. So that one's a big one for me. And then the remaining 10%, I have like my wild card um, bands who I love just musically listening to that I also draw on for inspiration. Actually, I find myself like over and over again, but for some reason they only get 10% on my list, but that's like bands like the front bottoms, and Hot Mulligan, and Knuckle Puck. So yeah, it's very, I've always thought that like my inspiration was very scattered, but actually it's just very uh, bucketed into those categories. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like some of the best music pulls from so many different buckets, as you've been saying. And I just think that music has a lot more dimension when it's not all the same like there's countless bands in history that make songs that everything sounds the same they use the same four chords they use the same riffs and like 
tone of voice and that's just it gets boring you know so it's really cool to pull inspiration from so many different places because then it creates almost like a new subgenre that really like tickles a spot in people's brains you know and it just it really gets people's attention so I think that's a really good method that you use for inspiration I think that's super fucking awesome um but going off of this a little bit who are your personal favorite artists? Like, I mean, you kind of already mentioned a little bit with some of your inspirations, but I'm just curious, like all time, who are your favorite artists that you just enjoy listening to in your free time? You know, I think I would be trying to like lie to myself if I didn't just come out and say that, of course, one of my favorite artists is Taylor Swift. And I'm really not ashamed of that. I mean, she's a genius and she's been there through just all the years, all the everything. And I've been right there, you know, right there next to her. (laughs) Um, But in terms of favorite artists, I mean, I just can't deny. I love Taylor Swift. I also love Paramore. uh, And just huge inspiration, not only just like inspiration, but just like good music. Like I just like the music. I like every album from Paramore thus far. Um, I still listen to them all, all of the time. Yeah. And as far as personal favorite artists goes, I mean, I also totally love and respect Nirvana and Kurt Cobain and Dave Grohl. Um, like in sixth grade, uh, for reading class in middle school, we had to do, uh, just a report to learn how to do reports on anything. We could choose anything. And I chose to do a giant report on why Kurt Cobain was amazing and how he influenced um, all of music. And I went to Walmart and I bought one of those big science fair boards, you know, like the tri-folding ones that fold out and stand up. And I went to um, like a FedEx and had a giant uh face of Kurt Cobain printed to go in the middle of my board and then my mom helped me make um construction paper cutouts of Fender like Stratocasters to go on the sides of the board and it was such an intense project and all the other kids were like what the hell uh (laughs) yeah I've always been a big Kurt Cobain fan um I think he was a great artist and Dave Grohl too I mean and like I read Dave Grohl's Uh, book like I think two years ago now and it was such a good book and it made me admire him as an artist and kind of what he's done for the music industry and um really coming from nothing like he legitimately came from no musical training he wanted to be a drummer and learned how to play drums using pillows in his bedroom like never had a drum kit and then tried out for a band and and made it and they were actually a really successful band Um, and like, to me, that's just insane. Like as far as artistry goes, like it's so admirable. Um, so they're definitely up there on artists that I admire. Nice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine that Kurt Cobain project, man. That is something that younger Sydney so would have done as well. Like I was also one of those quirky kids that just liked things that you know other kids probably wouldn't have liked and I would do things you know that I'm sure none others would do so I'm I'm just trying to imagine all these kids looking at this Kurt Cobain project like who the fuck is that like <laughs> oh that's so iconic I love that so much um so yeah I guess going more off of this topic again who would be like your dream artist to go on tour with I mean everyone has them like who who would you say like you'd want to stand next to on stage or open for or you know whatever dream tour okay so ooh, hmm. oh god this one's hard I think two things come to mind first uh I went to the hella mega tour which was green day fallout boy and weezer a couple of years ago and oh my god that was literally one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Like I was like, okay, I was a really into green day in like eighth and ninth grade. And in my head, I was kind of like, that was so long ago. Are they still going to be rocking or are they just kind of going to be like acting like they're rocking? Are they going to be into it? I was really excited for Weezer. I love Weezer. I love fallout boy. And like, I loved green day back in the day. I mean, who doesn't? 
Um, but I just, I just didn't know what to expect. And this concert was mind blowing. It was so good. I've never seen a band with more energy than Green Day. Um, I was entertained. By the way, this was like a six hour long concert because each, I think it was like Weezer had like two hours, Fall Out Boy had two hours and Green Day had two and a half hours or something crazy. Like it lasted for so long and I was entertained for every single second. And I just think if I could, if they did that again, I would want to be a part of that. Like that looked like so much fun. And then the second part that I think, which I've... I've had this idea for a while, so I kind of feel like Taylor Swift stole it, um, but I just want to see more female acts touring together, and so now you know, like, with Taylor Swift's era's tour coming up, she's doing all female acts, and they're all just such good acts. I mean, th- th- those are, like, people I'd want to be performing with, let alone Taylor Swift, obviously, who wouldn't want to be on that tour. Like, some sort of tour, um, a Girls Who Indie on, like, a much larger scale. So with acts like Beach Bunny and Soccer Mommy and Phoebe Bridgers and, like, Snail Mail and Julian Baker and all these different veins of female indie performing together. Like, I just think that that would be so cool. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, And that might not be, like, the most pop-punk answer, but I... I think that that would be such a cool tour and like bringing pop punk to that and just, you know, getting other female pop punk artists and something like that. I don't know. Just something, something is there though with the whole like awesome females touring together. So definitely something to kind of work on for the future. Oh my gosh. Yes. The Hella Mega tour. I went to that as well. And I remember buying tickets for that. And I think like 2019 and it took like two years before we could actually go to the damn concert because it was literally like COVID happened and we couldn't go. So, but yeah, I agree. Green Day. I've grown up with Green Day my whole life. I love them so much. And I got into Fall Out Boy a lot in my teens. And then Weezer, I was not as big on, but I still admire them a lot. So that was a truly iconic tour. And That is such a great answer. I'm so glad you said that. That is like really the most pop punk answer you could have even said. I love that so much. But then going off of your other answer too with like an all women festival or all women tour, like I literally kid you not, I was on Instagram, I was on just Twitter and everywhere and I'm trying to get interest in an all female festival. I want to make this happen so badly. So like anyone listening right now, please like, if you know how to help me make this happen, I want to see an all-female festival. I want to see it happen every year. I want to see them get the spotlight. I want it to just be a space where women can thrive musically. You know, my first thought was to make it pop punk, but honestly, any women artist would be so phenomenal. Like you were saying, Hannah, like the indie rock, the indie pop, the punk rock, all of that. I just... I just really support women in music and they just don't get a chance. So yeah, this was a really awesome answer, Hannah. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm like geeking over this and bouncing off on the idea of dream artists and dream tours and stuff. What is one song that was written by another artist that you really wish that you would have written yourself and that just speaks to your soul? This question is so hard and I think I have to just pick a song and stick with it because I could literally sit here and change my answer for I don't know like eight hours and then not be satisfied um so (laughs) I'm just gonna have to pick a song and stick with it and uh, gosh I don't know I feel like at this moment I'm feeling I know the end by Phoebe Bridgers I mean what a song like the lyrics the buildup at the end, the cleverness, it's, it takes you on a journey. And it's, to me, such a powerful song. It's so good to listen to. It's so good to watch be performed live. And it just plays into her brand and songwriting geniusness so well. So yeah, I wish, I mean, of course, who doesn't wish that they could have just written that song? excellent choice oh my gosh yeah that song is incredible I man that is such a good answer (laughs) um I guess my next question for you is 
what would be your dream artist collab if you could collaborate with any artist who would it be okay dream artist collab this is like just as hard as dream tour and song you wish you had written so again i'm gonna pick one at the top of my list and stick with it um but I think collaborating with the 1975 would be so cool. I admire their talent and their artistry and their commitment to evolving their music and their style um, so much. And I think that they're amazing producers. And I love music that is produced by the 1975 I love music that features the 1975. Like, I think that they're so talented. They really bring so much to everything that they touch. And so I would love to collaborate with them, like, wholeheartedly. That would be such an amazing life achievement. That's so awesome. And I just want to say I really appreciate your diversity and answers here because I feel like so many people revert back to the same artists over and over again. So it's really nice and refreshing to hear like different answers for each one of these because they're different questions, but similar in the sense that it all has to do with artists that you absolutely love. So I just really appreciate that. And it's really cool to hear all of the different answers that you have for all of my questions here. All right, we're going to actually stem away a little bit from like your favorite artists and stuff. And I'm really curious to know what music festival would you be really interested in headlining? Like which ones just stand out to you that you would think would be really cool to be a part of? So I lived in Nashville for a while, which means I'm very familiar with Bonnaroo. I have some just amazing memories from Bonnaroo. Um I would love to play Bonnaroo someday and just, oh yeah, that'd be so cool. Um, also, I mean, the When We Were Young Fest, that looked amazing this year. I'm really sad I didn't get to go, actually. I bought tickets. Uh, I was one of the lucky people that made it through the Ticketmaster queue when they first went on sale, and so I got tickets, and I had tickets for the first day, and um decided not to go two weeks beforehand because the flights were just outrageously expensive. Um, I had already had the hotel booked and everything, but the flights, I mean, it was just terrible. It was like going to be $800 to fly to Vegas for two days. And, um, just the whole trip would have been so expensive. And I thought, you know, I'm going to, going to sit this one out. Luckily, well, not luckily, but just kind of I don't know, oddly that day got canceled. Um, so it all worked out in the end, but, um, I think that would be an amazing festival to be part of. Uh, and then what about Glastonbury? I mean, that festival is huge. I feel like everybody who's anybody plays at Glastonbury at some point in the UK. And so dream festival, Glastonbury for sure. Nice. Okay. I actually don't know about Bonnaroo. I think it's what you said in Nashville. I've never heard of that. So that's really cool that you want to do a more local to you kind of festival. That's super awesome. And Glastonbury, I think you said in the UK, I also, I must just be living under a rock. I don't know if I know of that one. Maybe I have and just didn't realize it. Like I know about Slam Dunk in the UK and like assortments of others, but like yeah, I didn't know that one. So that's really interesting. And that's super awesome. And then, of course, when we were Young Fest, like, I can't believe that worked out the way it did for you because that would have sucked so bad if you were already contemplating, like, it's so expensive. And then if you said, fuck it, let's go. And then it got canceled. Like, oh, my God, that would have sucked so bad for you. So I honestly am very glad that you made the decision you did. And it still sucks for all the other people. Like I know people that went out and wanted to go and it got canceled. So that sucks really bad for them. But yeah, overall, when we were Young Fest, that one is one to try and play for sure. And I'm going to try and head out there next year myself. I'm going to try and get some friends to go and we're going to try and make a little trip of it. Hopefully there's not devastating winds next year. We're going to hope that that decides to make a pass next year. Okay, so I've been asking you a lot of questions about cool things that you could do in the future for your career. But now I'm really curious about what is the coolest thing that has happened to you in your career so far? And I know it hasn't been very long yet, but if there's anything you can think of that 
is really cool that's happened to you, please share. I'd love to know. And I'm sure the listeners would love to know as well. My career is so short-lived thus far. (laughs) Uh, Like, I mean, major imposter syndrome, even being asked this question, right? Uh, But a couple of really cool moments. Um, The first show that I played in Seattle, the whole crowd was like dancing and that was so cool. That sounds so cheesy, but that was so cool. I mean, just watching people dance to your music, let alone it being the first time that you're up there playing it for them and they're digging it and they're having fun and, um, you know, they're like enjoying themselves. I mean, that's like all you want as a performer is to have the people that you're performing for enjoy themselves. That's the whole goal. And so having that happen right off the bat, was really cool and then just yesterday I had my first radio play in Seattle on a local Seattle station and so I got in the car and <laughs> drove around the block <laughs> and listened to it and okay I hate to say this out loud I was literally so excited I'm listening to my song on the radio right like dream moment and then at the end of the song, the DJ said the wrong name, <laughs> like did not announce that it was Stay Quiet by Hannah Duckworth. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I just went from like coolest moment to like most embarrassing moment. Like that wasn't, that, that wasn't my name. Whatever she just said was not my name. <laughs> and so luckily the song will be played more this week. Um, and I've reached out to them about saying the right name like saying that this was a song by Hannah Duckworth um but oh my god like super cool moment and then like a totally heart-sinking moment it was just so wild but yeah definitely cool moments have been had and plenty more to come oh my gosh okay so I do know imposter syndrome is so very real and I know that it's hard to believe that people are actually enjoying what you're doing, but like, I think that's just very cool to tie that back to your personal brand, how you said like, you just want to have the best time and you want the people who's watching you to have the best time too. So like knowing that those people who don't even know who you are, are just having a good time in the crowd is so rewarding, I feel like. And that isn't small, you know, because like, there's so many artists that go out there and people are like, who the fuck are they? What are they doing on the stage? I want to see so-and-so, whoever, newfound glory, you know, they're the one that I want to see right now. And so it's just, it is rewarding when you're such a small artist, you're just starting. And I just think that's super awesome. And then, yeah, talking about that radio mix up. Oh my God. That's like when you walk the stage at graduation and you're like, wow, I spent four years of my life for this. And they just called me something that's totally not my name. Like, I I totally get that. That probably felt really strange. And you're like, oh, wow, thanks. You couldn't even get my name right. But like it happens and it doesn't mean that people liked your song any less. So if that's any validation to you, you know, like it will get better. It it will get better from here. It always does. Um, Okay, so I guess the last question I have for you here today, this has actually been quite a long interview, longer than the rest of mine. So sorry, listeners, if you weren't expecting this, but I've really enjoyed sitting down here and talking with Hannah. So my my last question for you, Hannah, is are you releasing any new music soon? Because obviously you just released the debut single, which is the first one, and it is a banger. So what can we expect in store for you coming up here? new music yeah so okay um i'm going to i'm actually going to put a song out i think in a couple of weeks it's called arsonist and it's like very indie and melodic and like chill and uh it's like a totally opposite um sister song to stay quiet and i think maybe in my mind only think that because i recorded them very close to each other and have since started working on a lot of other songs but yeah so I'm gonna put another song out in a few weeks and then I'll be working on an EP and it's likely that I will drop some songs from that in advance of it coming out but I don't have the exact dates planned but the EP should be something that's like 
spring, spring 2023. Um, I'm really excited about it. And at this stage, it's like I'm still so exploratory and uh, like learning, like, oh my God, I'm still learning so much um, to where I'm just really excited for what, you know, like five months from now or like even like six months from now will hold, let alone like way in the future. But the EP is going to be good. It's going to be like everything that you want to hear. I'm confident in that. It's going to be good. Oh my gosh, that makes me so incredibly excited. I cannot wait to hear what you have in store for us. This is going to be such a ride. And I am so incredibly honored to be one of your first fans and your first listeners. And one of the first, maybe even the first feature that you've ever done on like a podcast or any type of promotional platform. So I'm just super honored to be here with you today, Hannah. So that was my last question for you. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this exclusive interview that I did with Hannah Duckworth and I hope you guys go out and listen to Stay Quiet. It came out last week and it is so incredibly good. So once again, thank you so much to Hannah Duckworth. Thank you for being here and taking your time to answer these questions. And you gave us a lot of really good insight into what it's like to be a brand new artist and doing things that you're not exactly comfortable with and that you're still learning. And I just think that's so incredibly cool and inspiring for people who might be in similar shoes as you and just starting out and trying to make a name for themselves. So thank you so much, Hannah, for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge and your learning points with us. It really means a lot. If you enjoyed the exclusive interview with Hannah Duckworth today, you can go ahead and follow her on her socials. Her Instagram is at Hannah underscore Duckworth. Her Twitter is just at Han Duckworth. It's H-A-N-N Duckworth. And then her TikTok is again at Hannah underscore Duckworth. So I hope you guys enjoyed this exclusive interview today. And that's all I've got for you. So have yourself a wonderful rest of your week, pop punk enthusiasts. And we will see you again in the next episode. Catch you later.